0: Welcome to AEW Unrestricted The official podcast of All Elite Wrestling Referee Aubrey Edwards here with commentator and legend Tony Schiavone Tony,
1: how are you doing? I'm fine, Aubrey uh, Thanks for those kind words I'm not a legend I've just been around a long, long time
0: Legend sounds better than really old
1: So Well, we try to be truthful here sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Where the hell do you work? (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right, so today we've got today we've got a wonderful, wonderful guest. Um fun story, I had no idea there was a K-pop group called Red Velvet until I started looking for like gifts of stirring the pot, and then I kept getting all of these K-pop gifts and I'm like, what the hell is this? But uh, in my opinion, we have the better Red Velvet here today. Hopefully, Leva won't kill me for saying that. Uh, we've got Red Velvet, uh, one of our newest signees for All Elite Wrestling. Uh, how you doing, girl?
2: I'm good. I'm good. Um, getting ready for this big match that's coming up. So it's just getting myself all aligned and ready, you know?
0: That's right. You've got match you and uh, Cody versus Shaq and Jade. Uh, which is kind of crazy, the (laughs) obvious uh, size advantage they have. Not to call you short, but you're short. I love being (laughs) short. What kind of uh, preparation and training are you doing for that?
2: Well, of course, in-ring training, just to uh, keep my cardio going, and stuff like that. And mentally, I'm trying to get myself ready because uh, it was a big thing to not let myself get caught up in how big this match is going to be or who's in the match or how much attention the match is going to get. So I'm trying to really just mentally disconnect from all of that and just focus on the task at hand. And that's to put all that anger that I have built up towards Jade in the ring to get that win and make a huge, huge statement because a majority of the world is already thinking that I'm at a disadvantage due to the height. But I mean, that's always the case with me. I think I'm very underrated and always, Uh, I don't say take it for granted, but I'm always put like the underdog. So that just makes the story better and the comeback better. So just trying to get myself all prepped up. I mean, she's a great athlete. Body is impeccable. So that's the first thing people see. And they're like, oh, yeah, you don't stand a chance. But (laughs) I'll show them what I'm what I'm really about. You
1: know, we are talking with Red Velvet. And of course, the big match is coming up next Wednesday, March 3rd, where uh, Red Velvet and, and Cody will team up against Shaq and jade cargo velvet you um have been known as the protege of brandy Rhodes. uh you've worked with brandy before brandy is pregnant she was originally going to be in this match and then all of a sudden you were in the match so when that happened when you found out what did it feel like what was going through your mind when you found out not only am i going to be in a match i'm going to be in a match that's going to have a lot of eyes on it not only from wrestling fans but from NBA fans, crossover fans, you know, probably the nation.
2: Yeah. I mean, when I first found out about it, I was definitely stoked because it's like, oh, man, this is this is the biggest match up to date of my career. So that was an excitement. Uh, I was definitely grateful for the opportunity. You know, they say when one door closes, one's open, you know, and then Brandy stepping into uh, the beautiful journey of motherhood. So I think it was only right for me to step in and have her back because, I just kind of was over like the bullying kind of like how they were getting on her because she was pregnant and the attacking. And then they attacked me. So I just wasn't going to stay quiet about it. So I'm excited and I'm excited to finally shut Jade up because all I've seen her do is run her mouth. So I'm kind of excited to see if she's really going to throw down in the ring or what she's about.
0: Has Brandy sort of uh, shared any words of advice or wisdom since uh, you kind of took her spot in this match?
2: We we've had a sit down to talk. We haven't had. Like our heart-to-heart pre-match pep talk yet uh but she always reminds me to just keep my head together you know that's uh to just stay focused and not get caught up with I guess you can say like the clout surrounding the match you know because that sometimes when you get caught up in in the cloud and the buzzing and the talking you you kind of get knocked off your game so I've been pretty good you know I've been uh focusing on every opponent and I haven't let what's going on with Jade sidetrack me from when I have a match. If I have a match, that's the opponent. And honestly, I'm putting Jade's face on their face. (laughs) So sorry to everyone that I've been going up against. They've all been great opponents, but I just see Jade's face. So that's what has kept me right now um, on an undefeated streak for 2021. So it's going pretty well. And um, yeah, Jade's not going to change that. So I'm ready.
1: That's a great attitude, and and it's an attitude that you have brought not only to the ring, but you've brought into a couple of interviews that we're going to talk about here in a moment uh, with the Britt Baker set and, of course, with me and Arn and Cody recently. But you've had some high-profile matches already. You've faced Sheeta. You've faced Nyla Rose. Have you learned anything from those matches?
2: Absolutely. I think going into those matches, I was the underdog like oh she's new she just got here we don't know anything about her she's so small she's tiny she keeps losing every match we see so there's no chance um (laughs) but right that's that's all I kept hearing like oh she's zero and five and this and that but to me the most important part and how I stay true to myself is I never back down I don't care about your size I don't care of course I care if you're the champ but that's not like an intimidating factor to me I'm just very like You have to get in there and you only know how good you are by stepping in with those people. And if you win, that's great. And if you lose, it's still a learning experience. So every match has been a learning experience and has just been like another stepping stone to get to where I am now. So I'm not I have not been defeated by the defeats. It's just been making me better.
0: So I want to kind of like roll back a little bit uh, because you're sort of in a unique position. I think the first time you ended up working with us was during one of the Jacksonville loops. And you were an enhancement talent for a very long time. And we've had a number of enhancement talent come by. We have a ton of dark matches. We're giving everyone all these opportunities to get reps in in a time when uh, it's really, really hard to get in ring time. How did the process of going from sort of an enhancement talent to a full time talent happen? Because it is kind of so unique for a lot of the people here.
2: Yeah, when I first got here, it was actually on my birthday. So I thought it was the best birthday gift I could get was that first opportunity. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So definitely a birthday I'll never forget. But when I came in, I had no expectations. This was the biggest platform I was ever stepping on. So when I came, my straight thought process was just be the best I can be, show them how good I can be, but expect nothing. So I think because I expected nothing every time I went, I wrestled like it was the first and the last time they were ever going to see me. And then it just kind of took off. Like uh, the mattress were being well and they were just impressed with my work. Brandy took a liking to me. So it just took off. The, the most important part was I never took every time I was there for granted. I literally was like, you know, this might be the first, this might be the last. So you got to wrestle. Like, you know, they're only going to see you one time and it just took off. And I, I'm I'm here now and I'm so grateful. But I never expected anything. I never expect anything to be handed to me. I went there, worked my butt off. I'm not sure if I can say ass, but I, say. you can say ass. Yes. Okay, worked my ass. I've off. said way worse here. You know, <laughs> 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 you know, I went in there and I just I just worked my ass off and I gave it every time. I gave it everything I had. And enhancement talent was never something that I put in my head to like downplay how I worked. I still worked in the same fashion uh, that I work as in now, 110 percent, and just did my job and did what they asked of me. Never went in with an ego, never said, well, why did I why should I, you know, wrestle this person? I feel I'm better. No, I just went in and did what I had to do.
1: Your intensity, as as I mentioned, has been uh, certainly one of your uh, characteristics that fans have drawn to. And I want to talk, first of all, about uh, on the set with Dr. Britt Baker and Jade and Cody and that whole thing uh, in the waiting room the slap exchange w- was pretty stiff.
2: <laughs> and and
1: I, and, and I think everybody went, Holy shit.
2: Heck that was, yeah, Yeah. I kind of just like went in there and I was just tired of like my biggest pet peeve is people just run their mouth and mm. time after time, all she was doing was running her mouth. And like, running her mouth and like barking at Cody and like, where's my match and this and that. And I had just had enough. I was just like, you know, you're doing a lot of talking, you're doing a lot of like sneaky attacking. So what really is it? Like, why won't you just step up to me if if there's an issue with Brandy or me? Because at first it was an issue with Brandy, but then I'm here getting attacked by myself after she already said she was pregnant. So I'm like, all right, it's like personal. So I just kicked the door down and I was like, what's up? And I wasn't going to sit there and have a talk with her. I was just going to let her know exactly how I felt. And, and then I just slapped the shit out of her. I was mm. like, I'm not going to talk. <laughs> you know, I'll talk when when it's time for me to talk. And that's what I did uh, when Arn brought me out. Then it was time to talk. But before that, I was ready to just get it going. I would have fought right the whole time if they hadn't taken me out.
0: Yeah, we had to we had to split that up real fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let me do a follow up to that very quickly here, Aubrey. Uh, when you came out with Arn and Cody and you're showing that intensity what's going through your mind here i mean you got arn who's a legend cody who's one of our big stars i mean big moment right
2: i just remember like they say sometimes that when you either get it happens when you either get really really upset or when you're really really happy that your ears get like super hot that was what was happening to me as i was like i couldn't really like it was so far i can hear what arn was saying i just know he was like kind of going back and forth with Cody and then when it was time to come out it was just like tunnel vision I couldn't specifically hear what people were saying they were yelling things I couldn't hear what they were saying I I just was like straight like tunnel vision and I just wanted to get the point across that that I had had it with her ass so um then later I was able to like watch back and and hear all the great things that uh he said about Cody and, and even myself um and that was really humbling But before that, I couldn't hear anything. I would just hear like the mic and what he was saying. But my intention was just go out there, get your point across and, um, you know, just say how you really feel. I was nervous because it was the first time anyone was going to hear a peep out of me. The whole time I've been there, no one's ever heard me talk. I had never cut a promo. I had never said anything. So I wanted to make sure that I expressed exactly how I felt and not like too much, like say too much. I had one point and that was that I'm. I'm about to stir that ass up. So let's go.
0: I love that your personality is so very spicy, yeah. yet uh, cake is something that is very sweet. And I love that sort of juxtaposition a little bit. I'm curious, where did the red velvet come from?
2: That came from, um, well, in college, I guess we'll take it back to pre-wrestling. In college, I had, uh, I guess, my first life-changing relationship, like put my life upside down, changed my life. So uh, it changed me as a person forever. So I had this, like, I went through this stage where I just dyed my hair, like, super, like, how your hat is red. And I said, I'm, like, getting rid of everything in the past. I'm a new person, like, and I had this red hair. So everyone, my friends would always say, like, that was my alter ego. So they were like, oh, you know, when, when Velvet's, like, switched mode, she's, like, red violet. So they were just calling me red violet, red violet. And then There was like a show that came up asking for wrestlers. Anyone can do it, and I had to cut a promo. So I went to my friend's house, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna cut a promo. I'm gonna be a wrestler." And he's like, "Well, what's your wrestling name?" He's a huge wrestling fan, so he's like, "Well, what's your wrestling name?" I'm like, "Oh, Red Violet," and he's like, "Ew." He's like, "That's not." (laughs) And I'm like, "Have honest friends like that?" (laughs) I have nothing. That's like my alter ego. He's like, "Well, you know, you're small, petite." spicy. You're very elegant in the way you do things. Your hair's super red. Your skin's beautiful chocolate. He's like, I don't know, you kind of remind me like of of a red velvet cake. And I was like, all right, like, let's just wing it. Let's use it. So in the beginning, it was more of just like a comparison that he said that I was like, you know, red velvet cake and then velvet, the fabric as well. So I started like really putting my thought into it and I'm, and I'm like, all right, like as a person and, and my alter ego, like, how am I? And then it just kind of all flowed like my sassiness, my sweetness, because I am a very sweet person. But when you piss me off, I'll give you cavities. So that's where it kind of sinks in. And then the velvet, uh, because I used to dance. So just like the way I started to move in the ring was very fluid, very elegant and some sort, you know, and then it just started kind of taking off. People were like my trainer were making jokes about it. Like, well, where are you going to come from? Like, pale out of. And I was like, oh, Miami, Florida, where I'm from. And he was like, how about straight out of your mama's kitchen? Like, because that's when straight out of Compton, the movie had came out. So everyone was like straight right. out of this, straight out of that. So he's like, how about straight out of your mama's kitchen? And I was like, I like it. Mm. And then it just t- took off. And then now it's just a whole that is my whole persona, like. Kitchen, the oven is on. Like, I'm gonna stir it up five foot fine, sweeter than wine. Just took off. It all was a joke about an interview that, like, I was gonna do and my hair color, my alter ego. So,
1: I really like that line. If you piss me off, I'll give you cavities.
0: Yep. Oh my God.
1: Oh man, I'm using that.
0: Yep. Put it yeah, in.
1: Absolutely. Uh, before we uh, before we continue, uh, about uh, your past before uh, AEW, I want to talk about you trained with uh, La Rosa Negra, yes. and then you've trained with Dustin at his academy down at uh, in Texas. Talk about your training before you started.
2: Okay, so I originally started with uh, La Rosa Negra down in Miami, Florida, in an MMA gym. She was just starting out. Uh, I started with her, I want to say June 2015, and she started training me for about two months, and then she was fortunate enough to go to Japan. So she... Uh, put me to the side with my other trainer, JB. He's in Miami, Florida, and I came from Fighting Evolution Wrestling. So both of them uh, took like a big um, part in training me. And yeah, not that long ago, I went over to Dustin's school. Dustin is not, I guess, my trainer because he trains all the girls. And it was awesome. It was really great to see um, his new home and how much he cares about it. And that didn't stop him from drilling us in there but it was a great experience it was it was really nice i think all the students that are there are very fortunate to be there and it's going to be the best investment that they made for their wrestling career it's a great place just the way he has it set up him and his wife and and the classes that they're going to do they they have a really great thing going so anyone who's coming from there is, it's going to be great
0: we're talking to red velvet about her past in uh wrestling and getting her start and stirring it up we're going to keep staying on that path coming up next
1: we are talking with the lovely and very talented Red Velvet, a member of AEW and has a big, big match coming up on the 3rd of March, a match that's going to have plenty of eyes, not only from the wrestling world, but all over the world. You can better believe, Velvet, that you're probably going to be seen on some news channels as well when when Shaq is is in the ring. Now, wanted to talk to you about your mom. Was she watching when you made your debut?
2: She was. Um, my mom is my... Biggest, biggest fan and my biggest supporter, which is ironic, um, which I guess we'll go full circle to that. My dad used to be a boxer and she did not want me to be a boxer. She didn't want me to be Mm. MMA, none of that. But we started watching wrestling together. And when I started wrestling, she was at every single show. She was at every single show that she could make, to, And yeah, she was watching when I debuted and she cried, of course. Mm -hmm. But she's my biggest supporter. I don't know. I would not be able to be in this journey and be so level-headed if, if it wasn't for her.
0: I can't cry on here. not going to cry. Oh, yeah. No, you could totally cry. Dustin's no. crying.
1: <laughs> yeah, Dustin's crying.
0: Really? Oh, yeah. yeah of course and, he has. Yeah.
1: And Aubrey's made me cry many times. Oh,
0: man. Oh, yeah. Well, that's because yeah. I just slap him around. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so, so your mom got you into wrestling, uh, but you mentioned that your dad uh, trained as a boxer. Uh, is there any sort of advice that you were able to take from him or maybe lessons that he's learned that have translated to wrestling?
2: Well, um, I don't remember as much. He officially retired from ingring competition when I was, I think, two months old. Oh, that's a good time. (laughs) Good time, right? Uh, I did always, as I was young, go with him to the gym. And he used to wake up at six in the morning and run with my Cocker Spaniel. I remember that, like, That's a lot of what I remember and the gym and the annoying bell. They used to be like ding, ding, ding and like the boxers. I hated that. But just what I took from him was just even though he retired and after I was born, he still like trained boxers and just his, how do I even like his ambition because he couldn't box anymore. He like try to, you know, prepare the other boxers but he still had all this passion and his, this drive. And I think that's where I get it from. He was like super hungry and just never gave up. And he was flyweight. Um, him and his brother were, I don't know about the first, but they were the two flyweight champions in Colombia that were brothers that had titles both for boxing. So I think I take my ambition and my hunger and my dedication from him. But there was not really any advice. Uh, he just told me anytime someone tells you that you can't do something because of your size or being a girl you make sure that you silence them so that's always been my motto and and it's happened for a long time every time I get in an elevator uh if I'm wearing an aw mask because that's how quickly I'm identified if I'm wearing the mask they will say are you a wrestler and I say yeah and they're like but you're so small and I said yeah tune in and then they'll watch or whatnot and like oh my god um or someone has seen me in like in the indies with gear my gear is very very girly so they're like oh man she's just gonna get like whipped around or she probably is like so pretty and like doesn't and then they watch the match and then they're like oh dang I'm scared and I'm like yeah you know size has nothing to do with it size like I love being small I wouldn't change it I love being small that just makes me quicker faster and I love that
1: uh, we're talking with uh, Red Velvet. Uh, congratulations, you and Wes Briscoe getting engaged in December, a big moment Yay. in your life. How'd you and Wes, how'd you uh, guys first meet?
2: We actually got engaged in November on Thanksgiving. Well,
1: okay. All right. thanks. I kept
2: it a secret. She uh-huh. kayfaved us all. <laughs> I kayfaved everyone. Yeah, I was literally at tapings. I had like the rubber ring on and I got caught. Ironically, by one night, we had one of those Tuesday night practices and I got caught by Kylin because I had to do something where I put my hands over and she was like, wait, you're wearing one of those like rubber bands. Are you engaged? And I'm like, no, girl, no. I'm just like, I wear my band as respect uh, to my man that I'm in a relationship. You know, it's a dog eat dog world out here. No, Nice just, cover real fast. You no, know? I was like, no, I'm just, no. You know, wearing it to uh, show respect to my man and to, to let everyone know I'm taken. And then after when the announcement came out, she's like, you lied to me. I was like, I know. I'm sorry. We we just kept it kayfabe because I was going through a lot of like, I don't want to say cyberbullying, But during that time, um, I guess I was coming out on TV more and fans were like making fake profiles of me and like mm. harassing me. I remember me. that. Yeah, I remember we had spoke about they were going in and it was just a lot. So I remember when the engagement happened, the first thing my mom did when she hugged me, she said, don't put it on social media. Give yourself some time to soak it in with your fiance because you have so much people right now throwing so much bad energy. So we just kept it a secret. And then finally I got home from tapings. It was a Friday and I said, I'm just going to announce it. I don't care anymore. Like, I hate hiding it. I love my ring. I want to wear it. Um, And then we just announced it. But going back to how we met, the first time I ever met Wes was at an indie show that I was with my boyfriend at the time with. It was like, oh. they were having like an all male oh, show. Yeah, it was so <laughs> weird. I went with my boyfriend at the time and it was an all male show. So we went to go watch the show and like I shook hands with him and stuff. And he was nice, like very subtle. Then I saw him another time at another show years later. And I hadn't, a- that sounds so bad. I had another boyfriend at that show. Um, And he was at that show, too. And I remember I looked from afar and I was like, man, he's so attractive. And he was like, hey, Red Velvet, how are you? And I was like, oh, he remembers me. We we just had like we said a hello like years before. I never even thought he remembered me. And I had no idea um, that he was Gerald Briscoe's son at all, at all, until uh, Gerald was at the show. And I saw him together and I'm like, oh, wow, they really do look alike. And they're like, yeah, that's done," and I'm like, "Oh, it all makes sense." And he just walked up to me and he said, "You have the most prettiest cheekbones and like line structure." And he said, Mm-mm. "If we had kids together, they would be gorgeous." That's oh, all damn. he said. Yeah, that's all he said. And then he's like, "Do you want to put your stuff on the next to my merch table?" And I'm like, "Sure." That was it. Never talked. Nothing. Finally, August. Of 2019, I believe, I had a show and he ended up being my agent and he was super professional. I actually thought he was really mean because he's so tattooed and like just so quiet. And I thought he was like really mean. He was so sweet, very caring, very professional agent, just agent in the match. And that's it. And at the end of the show, uh, I had to make a drive. It was in Orlando and I was still living in Miami. So I said, yeah. So I had to make the drive at like 11 o'clock at night. And he was like. I just want your phone number so I can call you and make sure that you get home. It's late. And I know you have to make the drive. And I was like, mm. and then he said, no, he said, first, do you want to grab something to eat before you get on the road? I didn't know him. I don't know if he was a psycho. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to drive straight home. So then he asked me for my number and then he stayed on the phone with me the entire time that I drove. And then I ghosted him for like a week. <laughs> I ghosted him for like a week or two. I, we didn't really talk. And then one day he said, you should come hang out with me in Orlando. And I just made the drive. I didn't know if he was psycho. I didn't know if he was going to kill me when I got there. And then I just got to his house and he had no shirt on and he was trying to catch a gator in his backyard. That was like in the lake. My God! And I'm like, so he hands me the tape and he's like, here, help me tape the gator's mouth um, before we go eat or whatever. I'm like, Oh, okay, thank god the gator got lost somewhere. I didn't have to like tie it up.
0: I was like, are you gonna eat the gator? Like what's up? Yeah, I was
2: like, what are you gonna do? And he's like, Well, I'm gonna call the county so they can take it out. Well, you know, he's a surfer and stuff, so he loves uh the ocean, uh, you know, everything. He hates the litter, all that super like green friendly. So he was trying to get the gator out so no one would get her or wouldn't eat anyone's dog. And I'm like, all right, cool. So we go out to eat and somebody recognizes him and like the, the pizza guy, we went to a pizza place and the pizza guy, we ordered a medium pizza and we get like an extra large pizza <laughs> and we look at each other and we're like, is, is this your medium? He's like, no, you know, the cook is a huge fan of him. And, and, you know, we, we just wanted to give him the pizza and he's like super red, like looking down. I didn't even know like who he was really. So I didn't care. I was just like, okay, I'm a wrestler too. So I don't know if he was embarrassed and thought like I would gold dig him or something. I didn't care. I was like, Okay. And then we went to downtown Orlando that night and he introduced me to the bartender, his friend. And he says, this is, uh, Stephanie. That's my shoot name guys. Okay. This is Stephanie. And this is the love of my life. This is our first date. And I'm like, Mm. damn. and somewhere I kid you not somewhere in my heart. I was like, I think he's right. I swear. Like, I don't know what it was. Anyone else? I would have like ghosted them, never talked to them. Like, you're weird. What the heck? Something in my heart felt like he was really speaking the truth. And to this day, he says that he had scouted me the entire time. And he knew that I was the one. And he was just waiting for the right time.
0: Mm. Super weird. This is some like romantic movie shit. Yeah, I was like, oh, (laughs) man.
1: That is a great, great story. It is. And you (laughs) should have, when he he hits you with maybe with the greatest pickup line I've ever heard, you had great cheekbones. We make beautiful kids. You should have known from there, man. West don't play. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was
2: nice that like he was like had taken the time to just observe my face, and it wasn't like, "Oh, girl, you're so fine." It was just like he's like, "You have a beautiful like." He thought about it. Yeah, he said it so like, and he's like, "I never had any intentions like to come after you that day or nothing. I just waited." And and he said that the show when he was my agent, he knew it was just the right time. So I was like, "Oh,
0: okay," and look at us now. Damn. Oh wow. Fantastic story. Uh, you had mentioned through all of that that, uh, I mean, your your fiancé Wes is Jerry Briscoe's son. What's your interaction with Jerry been like? Have Has he, you know, watched your wrestling? Has he given you any advice? Has he, like, helped you out in any way? I was so scared of him when I first met him. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, when I first met him, I was like, oh, my God. Because he said, Wes said, you're going to win over my mom easily. You have to win over my dad. And mm. he's not easy. And I was like, Oh, man, you know, that's the hardest part. So I met his mom, and she was great. And then I had to walk in the house and meet him. And he was like, Hi, how are you? He was very like, not stern, but just like calm, you know, and we hid that I was a wrestler, because we didn't want his dad to think that I had alternative motives. So we hid for like, a couple months that I was a wrestler, until he caught on and I guess maybe like searched me or saw my Instagram. And I was like. Yeah, you know, I just didn't want him to think I had alternative motives because I didn't. You know, I really did uh, love his son. And I told him, I said, I had no idea who your son was. (laughs) I didn't know you guys were related. So I didn't have any alternative motives. But now uh, we talk all the time. He watches every one of my matches, every one of them. And he sits down with a notebook and a pen and he writes all these critiques. And he's just so good about it. Um, He gets so happy. And he's giving me great advice. He gave me advice. A couple of days before I came to AW for the first time, he said to me, don't pretend to be somebody you're not. Don't hang around people because you don't know anyone and you don't want to be alone because if those people aren't in good light, you are associated by them. He said, you go in there, you do what you have to do. You shake people's hand. He's like, do not annoy people by going to shake every single person's hand if they're doing something. He's like, I've been around for a long time. He's like, I hate that. He's like, I know that's what they tell you. And he's like, but just mind your business. And he just told me, be yourself. So when I went, I was trying to be as much as myself and not trying to like, put my nose and like try to fit in or anything like that. And it worked out. So it's been great. He's just so good. Anytime I have any questions, I can just go ahead and and ask him because he knows so much.
1: Uh, You and Wes cook together and plan to start a cooking show. Talk about that.
2: Yes, he's an amazing cook. It took me a while to give in and admit it. Not admit it, but like, you know, you want to be the woman and stuff like that. But he's an amazing cook. So I just gave up. I let him have that role. And I love to bake. And that is not his forte. So we mesh perfectly. Uh, And I know a couple fans asked, do I bake? Yes, I do bake. The name never came from the baking, which was the funny part. But I do uh, love to bake. And we, we want to do a cooking show together. We don't want to open up a restaurant because he loves to cook, but he always wants it to be like, he never wants it to be pressured. He loves to cook for family and stuff like that. So we don't want to open up a restaurant, but we do want to start like a YouTube channel to where we cook all sorts of things. Because I was a huge picky eater until I met him. Now I will taste anything <laughs> because he'll always say to me. You can always put it in your mouth and taste it. If you don't like it, you spit it out, you drink something, it's over, it's done. But you can never say you didn't try it. And let me tell you that I've ate oysters, scallions. He loves the ocean. So like fish, I'm like, huh. I like sushi and stuff. But I never used to like raw tuna. I love raw tuna. I love mahi. And um, wow. yeah, we, we want to make a, a bomb show. It'll be like his cooking and then my baking and then mixed together. You just
0: make a whole meal. A whole like meal. course yeah. meal. Yeah yeah i love it you can do like a shot of brandy crossover there's just so much there oh my god i've been on the show pregnant
2: so she's not gonna be drinking so i gotta wait
0: there's plenty of people on the show that don't drink like come on brandy. (laughs) now it could just be her instead right you just gotta find people that actually drink yeah um in 2015 (laughs) uh in 2015 you were on tough enough talk about your experiences with that and yeah Did you end up having to try out after? Like, how did that all go? That was actually the show when I mentioned earlier that I had to do the video for. So I
2: stepped away from wrestling before that because I was training to become a professional dancer. So dance took over my life. I had stopped watching wrestling. And then I clicked the channel and you have uh, Triple H make the announcement that they're doing Tough Enough. Anybody can do it. You don't have to be a wrestler. You just have to show that you're tough enough. So I went on and did the interview, uh, did the YouTube video. And it took off. They showed it twice on SmackDown. I remember somebody woke me up to like the video footages of like, like my video. And then I had a follow-up Skype interview with the producer. So I had made it, I guess, the round one. And then she had asked me like, hey, I need you to uh, send over some professional photos. And at the time, like, I didn't have no professional photos. I had like selfies, not like these over here that Wes loves to collect. But like, I had like, selfie type. It was just horrible. What I sent in now that I think about it was horrible. So I didn't make it on the show, but I think I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason. And that was, I think the bullet point that stuck for me to start wrestling. Cause then after it just took off and people were like, well, why don't you do it? You should do it. And I said, yeah, you know, you're right. So I started looking up schools. I didn't even know wrestling schools existed. I never even thought how people became wrestlers. I just never, you know, when you see these celebrities, it almost feels like something that is so far that you don't even know how to get there it's unobtainable almost. yeah unobtainable. you always just watch it on tv and you're like oh the superheroes these people you know they're celebrities i'll never get there and then i started searching schools and and it took off so i think um not making it on the show was the best thing that happened because it opened up my eyes to uh how much potential i had to become a wrestler and then
0: i i joined the school and started wrestling we're talking with red velvet here lots of Awesome background into her and the most romantic meeting story ever. Now we've got some amazing fan questions Ooh. coming up. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony and Aubrey here with the amazing Red Velvet talking about her upcoming match and her wonderful fiance and just the wonderful life that she's been living up until this point. And, you know, the future going forward. And speaking of future, I want to talk. We're going to go over some fan questions. And the first one's really great. Shadow Ambition One on Twitter asks, what do you think of the trajectory for the AEW women's division and your role in it? The division is definitely growing, especially
2: from the moment I got there to now, the hours we put in, how much we've trained has just excelled. The people that have came in, you know, when I first started, I got there first and then came Thunder Rosa, you know, and then we we got Serena. So it just keeps getting better. I have said it that I want to make it a point. I want to be a pivotal point of the women's division. I want to be around for a very long time to not only see the division grow, but to help it grow. I take pride. Uh, I hold AEW very close to my heart because this is the biggest platform I've ever been on. And they were the first, you guys, this was the first company to give me a chance. Uh, All the other promotions, I've had other promotions, you know, but they never gave me that chance and AEW did and they took a risk with me. So I kind of owe it to them and my loyalty to stick around and, and help build up the division. I want wrestlers that are coming in years later to like look back at footages and stuff like that. And I'm in them. So I really want to help the division grow and be a part of it.
1: This one comes on Twitter from Corey of Mordor. Mm, Mordor. <laughs> right out of the books. Okay. How did your relationship with Brandy and the Nightmare family start?
2: That's interesting. Cause when I first got there, she was my first opponent Right. Um, with Ali. So after that, I took like a big break. Part of my family got COVID. So I was gone for a long time. So when I came back, I had a couple matches and it just kind of turned like I had a match against her and then she started getting beat up by Anna with the dark order and Uh, Well, no, just kidding. I got beat up first. Uh, And she came to make the save. And then I returned the favor. And then we just kind of clicked from there. And then we had the tag match. And we had a good thing going. And then she ended up being pregnant, which is an amazing thing for her. But it was great. You know, we kind of just meshed. She needed a friend. And I needed a friend. I was the new girl. And I got attacked. And she came to save me. So I just returned the favor. You know, she padded mine. I padded hers. And then like now she's it. on a beautiful journey to motherhood. And and I'm here to still have her back with against Jade.
0: Women supporting women. That's the way you got to do it. Of course. Question from All Elite Fair on Twitter. Out of all the women who actively wrestle today, who is the one that makes you say, I absolutely positively have to have a match with her and why?
2: All right. I'm going to go a little on the limb here. So I, I got two. Sure. I got two. First one, definitely Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb. Ugh, I just like look at her and she has so much that I want to just grab from her as a sponge. But I think when someone is so good, you can only find out how good you are by getting in the ring with them. I never see someone as good and like, I don't want to go against them even more. I want to go against them because that's only going to bring me up more as an athlete and really push myself. Kind of like they say, like, you know, you only know, if you're the best, you got to go against the best to realize if you are the best. That's how I feel about Serena. And she's just a beautiful person and an amazing wrestler all around, one of the best. I think she is so quiet sometimes. So people under, like she's underrated, but man, she's freaking amazing. And the next one, there's a lot of controversy, but I'm going to put all that to the side. I want okay. Tessa Blanchard. I'm not afraid. Oh, I don't care. I do care about what's going on, but that's not has nothing to do with me. If we're just talking in the ring, she says she's the best of the best. Well, I want to see if you're the best of the best because I think I'm one of the best of the best and still have way more to grow, but I want to push myself to the limit, and I think I could do that with her. I know everyone has their different opinions, but I got to see. You never know unless you try, so I'm not backing down.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. Laura T on Twitter, love the stir-up gimmick. There's the gimmick word. Why do you eat the spoon after the match? My boyfriend thinks it's to, ass, uh, to uh, assess your dominance. I think it's a treat for having one. Is it something else?
2: I like the second one. It is a treat for having one, but the way I see it is like when I stir it and eat it, it's almost like, have you seen like when you are like stirring the batter and you kind of want to get a taste of the frosting before you stick, stick it in the oven and eat it? That's kind of how I see it, but I never thought of it that way. I guess, yeah, it's to show like a treat for winning. I, I never... Thought of it like that. I kind of just did the motion like, Oh, I'm eating the you know, the the frosting, but I guess we can stick with winning, treat
0: for winning. Sure. Oh man. I don't know who can wait till the end to actually lick the spoon when when they're cooking. Like man, just dive into the batter. That's like, what I do. It. That's what
2: I do. Right before I'm like, oh, all right. And then
0: I'll Yeah, just don't tell anyone you're baking. So when the batter's all gone they have no expectation. It's yeah. fine. Like that's what I do. <laughs> To uh, Oliver on Twitter asks, how did the transition from normal life to full-time wrestling work? And what's the biggest challenge in doing so? Oh,
2: it, it's been great. Uh, there's days where we're not on the road and I wake up and the first thing I just say is thank you uh, to the universe or to God, whatever everyone anyone believes in. Because up until I got signed, I was working two jobs. I was living in Miami uh, and then I would drive from Jacksonville to Miami, right after tapings, uh, go home, shower and work. So I quit my job before even getting signed. So I took that risk. I said, you know what? I'm obviously I was going to move to Orlando anyways, to be with Wes, but I was like, I'll do Uber eats. I'll do Postmates. I don't care, <laughs> but I need to take that leap. So I ended up quitting my job and, a little time after that, I got signed. So that was great. If it wouldn't have happened that way, like I still would have made it work anyway. But now full-time wrestling is amazing. Uh, It's still stressful because you work so hard to get the job and now you got to keep the job. So I never like to get comfortable. I actually have more pressure now that I'm signed than before I got signed. Cause it's like, you're working for something. Now I got it. How do I keep it? But it's great. It's amazing. I have free time when I'm not on the road, but I just, my family can't believe it. They're like, Oh my God, you did it. Like you're living your dream. You, you literally don't have a job, but to wrestle full time. And I said, it's not a job if you love it, but it's great. Very blessed. Boom.
1: Really on Twitter wants to, know who's been the biggest influence on your life in general?
2: Uh, my mom, because okay. she, um, my dad moved to Columbia when I was 18. Cause yeah, uh, he got Alzheimer's and Parkinson's because of boxing. So from 18 on, I didn't see my dad as much. And then two years ago, I believe, or a year ago, he passed away. So my mom is literally the only thing I have left. And she is the most supportive person. And now we're talking like my mom and then my mom, my sister, my little niece, who's two years old and knows how to back bump, front bump, leg drop (laughs) and tie up already. Wow. And Wes. (laughs) So they're... My little circle that just have helped me stay true to myself throughout this whole experience. But my mom
0: gets the award for just building the person that I am today. So Jeremy H on Twitter asks, if you weren't wrestling, what is your second dream career? Oh, professional dancer.
2: That was my first but because my dad was a boxer and I was always around sports, not that I wasn't good at sports. I always wanted to do something. I always wanted to be part of a team. I always wanted those like playoff jitters or whatever. And I never really got that. So when I stepped into wrestling, it was like, whoa, I can be a dancer and entertain and still be like a wrestler, a fighter and a part of a team. Got it. Um, but if I was not could not wrestle anymore, I would be a professional dancer still
1: mjf scarf who always sends us these crazy ones Mm -hmm. what movie would you like to be cast in as an extra so that you can say hi i was in that movie
2: oh man um that's a tough one i'm very big on action movies uh i love like the uh, the series of taken taken uh angelina jolie's salt was one of my favorite anything that has to do with action i want to be in it like that's also my dream like if I'm retired one day to be, you know, in an action movie in Hollywood somewhere, more.
1: Yeah. Maybe Red Velvet can become an Avenger.
0: Ooh. Oh. oh, about that?
1: That'd be dope. I like mm-hmm. that. That'd be great. There you go. All
0: right. Last question we have here. The best question I've ever seen. Captain Falstaff on Twitter who is your favorite referee and announcer at AEW and why is it Aubrey and Tony Schiavone?
2: Yes, I like that one. That's like <laughs> that's like a catch one. That was just like, they're trying to catch me off guard. I love... <laughs> that wasn't me. Right? <laughs> I, um, they're trying to... I love every single one of you guys. I always tell everyone that AEW is one big family. And that sounds cheesy. People are like, oh, AEW is one uh, Not AEW, but like, oh, this person is one big family. No. Since I got there, everyone has been one big family. Even... Even you, Aubrey, like when I first walked in, Aubrey helped me find the locker room. Uh, I didn't know anybody. And she was like, oh, you can go this way and stuff like that. So every single employee is my favorite. But thanks for.
1: Great answer. Great <laughs> yeah. answer. Good, uh, we, I good like, answer. You know,
2: I get along with everyone. I love everyone. Everyone plays a key role to our big family.
1: Sure. That's, that's very well said. Very well said. Uh, we have another question for you. It's from us. You mentioned you love reality TV, I think, right? Uh, Wes says he never misses Teen Mom in Jersey Shore. What is your favorite show?
2: My favorite show, which I hope to be on one day, is MTV's The Challenge. Uh, I love, oh. I love The Challenge. I've been watching it since I can't remember. I've been watching it since The Miz was on it. Let's and he had not even been in wrestling. So let's just go all the way back. Wow, that is my favorite show. Or it's not really reality TV, but. MTV The Challenge would be a show I would love to be on, or Dancing with the Stars. Tony, maybe we can make that happen in the future. Mm. Dancing with the Stars, but yeah, I definitely drag West to watch Teen Mom, The Challenge, Total Bellas, uh, what else? Jersey Shore. I love reality TV. I think to me, it's people say it's like it's so stupid, but it's the one thing that keeps me human. As in, like, apart from resting, apart from. You know, celebrity wrestler. I, it, I just feel human when I watch those shows because those were shows I watched growing up before I was anything, you know. So it helps me sure. stay
0: grounded and
2: normal. And it's interesting. So I watch other things, but I love reality TV.
0: Want to thank you, Vel- Red Velvet. uh This was super fun, and I always love chatting with you at work. So yes. I was particularly excited when we got a chance to talk here today. I couldn't believe you wonderful. dance?
2: Oh my god, have you guys seen her arch? I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> a dancer's critique is always another dancer's arch. And my feet were never perfect, but
0: Aubrey's feet are gorgeous. I think the first time I ever pointed my foot at you, you're like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Oh yeah, this girl's a god. dancer." Yup.
2: I was like, <laughs> "Are you a dancer?" And you're like, "Yeah, I did bat I'm like, "I got those high arches." Awesome. Those are beautiful. He doesn't get it. Tony's like, "I don't get it."
1: No, I get oh, it. To show Tony
0: my feet at work, <laughs> so he'll understand.
1: And just, to, I'm going to put this out here. I've seen plenty of her feet and her legs. <laughs> OK, I have. We're friends yep. and I know she's a dancer. And I always say, hey, like your tattoo, like your arches.
0: Yeah.
1: It's because we've done some of these live and she's coming shorts, right? Yeah. And she and Aubrey said Jacksonville. Yeah. Aubrey said, hey, if you got legs like mine, you go show them off.
2: Yep, Not even have you yeah. seen her lines in the ring when she's doing things. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's the dancer in her forever. What? Oh, yeah. aren't.
0: Yep.
1: Yes. Very fluid. Yes. Mm hmm. Absolutely. You're very fluid, Aubrey. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, you can follow Red Velvet on Twitter at the that's T-H-E-E underscore red underscore velvet. Instagram at La underscore red velvet, one word. Yes. So make sure you check out her there and check out us, uh, Unrestricted Podcasts. How much does it cost, Aubrey?
0: It is F-R-E-E free. Hey.
1: That's right. Wherever you get your podcast, please leave us a rating, write, you, write your review right there. If you don't like me, I'm going to block you. So keep that in mind. He will. <laughs> he will
2: block you. Yeah. He just blocks bol- me. Oh mm-hmm. no. <laughs> Don't block me,
1: Tony. No, nah, I wouldn't dare. But but that's not all, uh, uh, a this for this podcast is concerned. Not only can you listen to it, but Aubrey, you can see it as well.
0: Yeah, you can check us out on YouTube. Just search AEW Unrestricted. And of course, you can see all three of us and the rest of the AEW family on Dynamite every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, 7 Central on TNT.
1: Thanks, Red Velvet. Thank That's you. Aubrey Edwards. I'm Tony Schiavone. That's Tony Schiavone. Mm-hmm. And this Thanks has Tony been Smith. Unrestricted. Ah, yeah. <laughs>